Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Cheap Seats. Uh, this is your weekly English Premier League show where we just discuss what's either happened uh, the past weekend or since it's an international week. We're now going to move into something a little bit different, talk about a lot of transfers and everything else. But just so everybody doesn't get all crazy with me, I know Arsenal's at the bottom. We haven't scored a goal. And I know Spurs is at the top of the log, so it's fine. It's okay. But before we go into anything, remember you can uh, please do like and subscribe to our channel. Uh, like the show, subscribe to our channel. We've got some, uh, we've got some cricket going on um, from tomorrow with the South African men's team playing Sri Lanka. Hopefully, it won't rain, but do uh, subscribe, and then you'll be notified when we go live. But today we're going to be discussing a very, very important topic. And that is the transfer window ratings. We're going to be rating eight teams in the Premier League. Well, the eight teams that matter because Arsenal's not a top club anymore. So it's a team that matters. Um, and but anyway, um, and we've got John Emil here. Um, he is a, a journalist and a friend of ours. Um, he's a, he's well, I met him at the Emirates the one time. That was the coolest time ever. <laughs> Um, seeing Jean Emile at the at the Emirates. Um, Jean, how are you doing, my man? Oh, fantastic to see you after that really brief moment uh, after the Newcastle game. Uh, it really has mm. been a hot minute, but uh, yeah, um, hopefully uh, for your sake, uh, things will start to improve uh, after this window. We'll wait and see. Yeah, well, that's another story for another day, but <laughs> we shall see. Um, quick question: Obviously, Ronaldo has joined the the league. Um, the Manchester United fans, as you can see, where he is up in in, in his in, in all his glory. Is it Viva Ronaldo, or is it? Let's wait and see whether this guy is still the same Ronaldo that left the Premier League. I have no doubt that he is a completely different player, and he's going to offer them something uh, a lot more kind of structured and mature. Uh, obviously, in his time at Real Madrid and Juventus, he navigated his way to being a really top-class striker. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they can uh, adjust with uh, Cavani and Ronaldo up top. Uh, but certainly, in terms of the experience that he's going to bring to the team, in terms of what Mason Greenwood, um, even Marcus Rashford uh, at this stage, can learn of him, it's quite invaluable. Uh, he's going to bring goals. You can guarantee he will still bring goals. Uh, maybe not quite the flair that he once had, but he's got clinical precision now, which uh, I think is... You know, he's still definitely in the top five players in the world as far as that's concerned. As a Liverpool fan, um, I'm actually in a strange way almost happy to see some players returning to their old clubs. It's, it's kind of a bit of a nostalgia throwback to the really hardcore uh, rivalries that we used to have. Uh, but if, if this is really going to take United to the Premier League title, strangely enough, that's another question. I'm not so sure that Ronaldo is the missing piece in the puzzle. I, I, I don't buy that. Certainly in terms of branding and uh, publicity and everything, it made it made financial sense for the club. So uh, we wait with anticipation. Well, we saw the share price rocket on Friday afternoon as the news trickled in of somehow Sir Alex Ferguson swooping in. So the, financially, it will make sense. I still think they uh, have, have put themselves a notch above. I know why he doesn't want to say um, that they, it, 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 it's a title season where they have they to, contenders. but they have to win something. They have to win something. Even if it's Carabao Cup that Manchester City <laughs> seemingly have, have, have controlled. But we'll see about the, that. The Manchester City Carabao Cup. 
Yes, that one. They, they've held they've held it hostage for a couple of years. Somebody needs to take it away from them. It's just that everyone seems to be reluctant. Um, so, gents, today we're going to do a slightly different. We've given guys a lot of uh, different uh, teams out, out of the eight teams that matter, as I call them. And we're going to ask you to rate the transfer uh, the transfer window work that each back office has done and each coach has done to either get players in or move players out. Um, and so I'm just going to go top of the log all the way down to the teams that matter. Uh, Jean, I'll ask you about Liverpool and I'll ask you about some other teams, maybe even um, Chelsea there to counter um, Cyrus, if, if Cyrus still thinks Saul is, the, is, is, is the, the piece that unlocks the entire universe. But starting off with the first team, Manchester City. Um, Dean, what grading or what rating would you give Manchester City's um, signings in this transfer window? Or what work? Signings and also exits? Because I think for some teams, it's, it's, you have to balance both. I mean, there's no secret about the fact that City were going off the cake. So they failed. And I think that just goes to prove that oil money doesn't buy everything in this world. So in terms of that, um, in terms of the actual transfer targets at the beginning of the season, I would say if I had to give it out a rating, it would be 5 out of 10 because they achieved half of their targets. They got so Grealish. So you want to give them Grealish uh, 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 an improvement? Look, Grealish is a great signing. No one's going to doubt that. But at the same time, okay, uh, at the same time, they didn't need an, another midfielder. They needed a striker. They needed an out-and-out striker. They needed a number nine. They made no secret about the fact that they were going after Hurricane, and now Pep's trying to backtrack and say, oh, no, you know, we never actually put in a bird. Um, you know, he was a Tottenham player. We weren't going to kind of entertain that. So they would have felt like they failed. And, you know, now we're seeing Torres playing at that number nine. Um, Jesus playing off the right. So they've got different ways of managing their team now. And I think that's because of a failed transfer window of who they were actually going out to go and buy. And um, yeah, that's why in terms of rating, I can't give them above 50% because they only achieved 50% of what they would have wanted to do at the start of the season, at the start of the transfer window. So getting rid of Sergio Aguero on a free, I mean, he was barely playing all season anyway, so I wouldn't say that's a, a massive thing. And then, uh, you know, like Jack Harrison going to Leeds, he was there already previous season. So there is there weren't any more noticeable um departures. I mean, okay, Eric Garcia going to Barcelona was the other the other fairly big one, but that was in the pop in the pipeline for a while. So in terms of that, I wouldn't say it's a great window for City. And I think a lot of their fans would probably agree. Having said that though, I do think they still have tools at their disposal at their disposal to manage the next couple fixtures. And if they absolutely need to. City have the money and the means to go out in the winter transfer window and splash some cash and get what they want. So, yeah, that's my rating. That's what I give five them. Five out so, of ten from Dean. Five out of Cyrus, 10. is it a complete failure of Manchester City? Um, can we? Because I remember last week uh, we spoke about how the fact that we thought they might try get a left back to try and sort out the Mendy mm. situation, as awful as it is um, on the field and off of it, as well as. Um, Zinchenko, who we all thought maybe may not is, is not a true left back. 
Look, it's it's a weird one, Paul, because you know you you look at somebody like Nathan Ake. Ake played uh, left back um, for for quite some time at Bournemouth and also uh, at Chelsea. He's he's one of those versatile defenders. So I think they'll look at at potentially just sliding him across and using him in a different position mm. at City. We just have to remember that as much as City were keen to get Kane in, this is a squad that has firepower. They've got weaponry up and down the pitch, and so when you look at what the needs are. They weren't really all that glaring apart from one or two positions where you think, okay, fine, maybe a defensive left back, not necessarily Zinchenko, who doesn't know what defense looks like. He's heard about it, but he hasn't quite figured it out yet. Um, but then when you look at it from a attacking perspective, Pep, apart from Aguero, they haven't necessarily been like really massively striker focused so mm -hmm. having jesus as being the sort of main guy there is like a well we can use him maybe we'll throw in a youngster if we need to but in essence we're we're false nining and we're okay with doing that um and you know it's worked it's not as if they're not the reigning champions and it's not as if they didn't win the the league by an absolute country mile last season so when you look at it how much more did they have to improve versus how much everybody else had to do mm -hmm. in order to play catch up? And I think that's the situation we're, we're working with. The biggest issue for them right now is Kevin De Bruyne not necessarily being 100%. And they were just like, look, we've got the Dosh, let's just buy Jack Grealish. For <laughs> that 100 reason. million seemed too much, but it, 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 it is, is what Aston Villa it, wanted. Look, it is. But I also think that we have to remember being a cynic sometimes the reason why these deals get done isn't necessarily always for footballing reasons it has to do with uh, you know balancing some sort of account somewhere and and, and I'm, I'm being very facetious when i say that and at the same time giving yourself a signing that the fans can be like oh we got Grealish, so you know we're not in a complete uproar as opposed to like john emile's uh, liverpool um, who we'll get to <laughs> yes Okay, moving on, Manchester United. This was Waheed's random generator, and Dean got Manchester United. <laughs> so, um, Dean, what rating are you giving Manchester United's business? They've managed to do everything but one. Well, I mean, I think we can all agree their signing of the season was probably Tim, uh, Tom Heaton. From, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, of course. So to they did really well. Stocks. They did really well in signing Heaton there. Um, no, look, I think at the start of the season, City, oh, not City, sorry. I was thinking of the bigger club in Manchester. Um, <laughs> United uh, United needed an attacker, which they obviously went and got Sancho. Okay, They needed that young star that's going to try and score. Manchester was still can't control their stadium. Okay. This is my time to talk, Wahid. You'll get yours. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they needed the they needed a, a proper centre back. They went and got Ferran. Unreal signing, right? Any everyone can agree with that. Sancho, definite prospect in the future. Obviously, in Dortmund or in the Bundesliga, lit it up. He needs to still prove that in the Premier League. Now, then, the last week of the transfer window, I everyone and their cousin agreed that United needed another defensive midfielder or someone in that midfield to kind of keep things ticking, keep things going, which they don't have. Fred is a disaster. Uh, Matic is getting old. That midfield is, needs some rework, okay? Obviously, then there was a Ronaldo to City and make no light about it. So Alex Ferguson got involved and whatever happened, all right? Signing Ronaldo is a great distraction from what they actually needed. And I think anyone could agree with that. Nevertheless, it is probably 
one of the best signings that have happened to the Premier League in recent times. And there's no doubt about that. So in terms of United, what they needed, um, I'd probably give it like 6.5, maybe 7 out of 10. In terms of excitement that it's generated, there's no jokes that 10 out of 10 for United. Everyone wants to see Ronaldo. Everyone wants to see how he's going to run rampant and every team and wants to see what he's going to bring. So... I don't um, see that. I've seen. I mean, I know. I can't I wait. Like I, I can't wait for Dyer to slide tackle him and put him on the <laughs> put him on the bench for a while. So that's fine. Um, but yeah, I think United have had an unreal window from a just a hard perspective. But in terms of sorting out their team, I think they may have missed just that one key signing. Wahid, what's your number for this window? Eight. What did you give? Eight. Eight, even yeah. even without so are you telling us that the goals that Ronaldo's going to generate are more important than the goals that you're going to concede yeah look we went we went into the window um and i think i, I read on various like um uh, sources that that the the targets were a right-sided forward and a center back and um and over and above that they'd they'd wait and see and i think if we're looking at what the club intended and what the club wanted they went out and got the Business done really early, you know, whether we, we, we had some issues getting Varane in with visas and stuff, but it was sorted out with minimal fuss. The, the club knew what they wanted. They went and got it done. And from from my understanding, uh, the, the the defensive midfielder was never very high on, on the agenda this year because um, Ole's, Ole's had, this, had this idea of not settling for plan B and C uh, and gone with, with Liverpool's Van Dijk approach where he said, "This is the player I want, and I'm, I'll, I'll wait till I'll wait till he's ready, and and we can do a deal there." And um, apparently, feelers were put out for 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 Declan Rice, and United just accepted that an England starter with three years left on his contract is a is, is a non-starter from a negotiation perspective. So they shelved that for next year and focused on what they could get done this year. And I think getting what you can done done and quickly is very important. And then and then they've gone and added icing on the cake uh, in terms of in terms of Ronaldo uh, coming in at the last minute and and yeah I get I get that that there's a glaring hole in the middle of the field where where, where Fred plays which is a black hole where where my hopes and dreams go to die when this man touches the ball but, um, but but the thing is that if I, I take you back and I'm not I'm not saying that that the end result will be the same but once upon a time, United had a glaring hole in midfield where Tom Cleverley and Anderson were were our chosen ones, and and, and what we and what we and what we went and did is we signed Van Persie in a, in the same summer as we had already signed Shinji Kagawa, and we added a bit of, of a bit of icing on the cake, and 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 we we added some 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 star power at the top of the field, and it fired us to the title, even though uh, there there was a glaring hole in midfield. So it's not like it's impossible to go and win things with, uh, with with a bit of star power up front. And I think it's important to remember that, like, above all, football is about romanticism. And, and it's, brought, it's brought that back. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a returning hero. It's, it's one of the players I grew up idolizing, and he's returning home. And, I mean, what's, what's better than that? Yeah, it reminds me of when Henri returned home, but he returned a shell of himself compared to what you are getting with Ronaldo. Um, next team is Liverpool. Um, Jean-Emile, I'm going to throw this to you, but I've got a couple of questions. Obviously, C having center, the... center back and inshallah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, is it center back and inshallah? Obviously, got Konate at 36. He's a 22-year-old center back. I think that's a bargain. 
um, because some club paid 50 million for a 23-year-old, but it's fine. Um, but the thing for Liverpool was the guys who left the squad. They made 52 million around that about of guys who left the squad. So it's a net positive from that. And so looking at your window, I kind of felt that, I, yes, Konate is there. And yes, maybe if you ask if your squad improved, I'd say no. Um, but you've managed to lighten the load and prevent a Barcelona-esque situation from, from occurring and obviously some good business in getting hey, you got 10 million for Shakiri, you got 9 million for a guy I'd never heard of um, and, and, and yeah Marco Griege went for 12 which is which is nice or 11 which is which is pretty nice but what how do you rate your 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 season or your transfer window um by saying a solid five might be more optimistic than people think uh but I it, it's even possibly a six. Uh, what's going on behind the scenes in terms of the contract advancements and, and uh, renewals uh, really can't go uh, unnoticed. It is very important. We've nailed down the spine of the team for at least another three years, and we're currently working on the Salah deal, uh, which would make him by far the highest player in Liverpool history. Um, that being said, as you mentioned, the likes of Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott, they've been brought in to replace uh, Curtis Jones was Lalana the previous season. And Harvey Elliott this time around is Shakiri. I have no doubt that they can do the same job as those players were doing. Obviously, what is missing now is that space that uh, has been left by uh, Genie Wijnaldum. And, you know, Jurgen Klopp and the board, Michael Edwards, they've made it absolutely clear uh, in their approach to transfers that, similarly to what you mentioned with uh, Solskjaer, they're only going to go for the players who are going to be there for the long term. Uh, who can offer a good deal financially and who will come into the first team and make a difference straight away. Those players are few and far between uh, for the money that Liverpool can pay. It's quite obvious. Otherwise, they would have gone for Sal, uh, who ended up going to Chelsea. They just can't afford that kind of uh, wage packet. They would have gone for Bisuma, but he would have cost at least about 40 million uh, straight off the bat. And they wouldn't have been able to pay in installments like they managed with the Jota deal. So there are a whole lot of things playing against Liverpool's uh, uh, recruitment at this stage in saying that on paper as a first 11, it's, it matches any team. But we know with this season, the margins are going to be so fine that even missing a centre defensive mid like United uh, or missing a box-to-box uh, -box depth player for the squad in Liverpool's uh, midfield, a striker for City, it can be the difference between winning the title or not. So it, it is an, a massive worry, especially with the news that Michael Edwards might be leaving at the end of the season now. So uh, a possible five there. Konate is a fantastic buy. And also, I think you might have seen that uh, um, Phillips has signed a new agreement. Mm. So now we've got five I, fantastic centre-backs. I was hanging around the five and I was kind of thinking of going down because January is going to be very important for you guys. But you don't have Salah. You don't have Mane. And I'm really, I, I'd be worried as to what and, and obviously Nabi Keita will be gone Nabi as well yeah so I'd be I, I wouldn't know whether you Liverpool because it is about margins and I thought maybe that's where I, <laughs> I'd, I'd look for another signing before before yes. before John Emil starts there I'd just like to say don't don't get too far ahead of yourself here and Paul this is a club that waited 30 years for their next title they were, they were really clearly willing, willing to wait another 30 so you know perhaps that might be what the plan is is to say let's celebrate the most recent thing rather than trying to you know keep on going well 
Uh, I, I, beg <laughs> <laughs> I beg to differ. We were a Premier League winning team. We were a Premier League winning team, and three of our uh, main centre backs were out for mm -hmm. I'd say seventy five percent of the season. Uh, no, no team is coming back from that. Uh, and um, in doing so, you know, a lot of other players were overworked, pushed into positions they couldn't play in, and we still managed to clinch third spot. Now we're literally back to the same team bar Wijnaldum that won the league. Uh, we, are, we are really not that far away. When it comes to January, you have to look at the fixtures that the players will be missing. Uh, I, I mean, listen, any game is tough and we're going to be missing them for two games in total. And that will and Brentford will be one of those games. I, I can't remember off the top of my head the other game, but it's not one of the uh, one of the teams that okay you expect to do damage in terms of the top six. But uh, then again, our problem has never been a top six team, so I can't really you know you, you just you can't really tell. But admittedly, yes, when Firmino went off uh, the other day, and our only attacking options were Minamino and Origi, it sent a shiver down a lot of the Liverpool fans' spines. Uh, even, you know, because when you play a top three, you have to have that depth, at least two very good players who can come off the bench and make a difference. Okay. Um, moving on to the next team. Uh, Chelsea, Wahid, you were tasked with this or your random generator gave you that. Um, what would you rate Chelsea's window? Uh, they, they, they brought in, well, Lukaku and Saul. Um, and yeah, they had a lot of exits, which were very impressive, by the way. Nine and a half. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think I think Chelsea last season were champions of Europe and uh, and had one glaring hole in this. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Did you forget? They had one glaring hole in their squad and, and they've gone and they've gone and folded with, with pretty much the perfect player for that hole in their squad. I mean, you know, we, we often talk about horses for courses and and United have often signed players that um, that looked maybe good on paper, but weren't necessarily a good fit in reality. And um, and, and and I think Chelsea have done, have haven't done that. I think I think they've gone and found a player that fits their system, fits their ethos, fits their way of playing. And I think that um, they've done brilliantly to do to, to get him in. Um, in our last chat about transfers, I talked about the fact that behind um, uh, um, Golakante. Um, uh, Jorginho and Matija Kovacic, there was very little depth in central midfield, and they've gone and addressed that. And um, yeah, I think I think barring maybe adding a centre back, which I'm not entirely sure that they they were desperate for. Um, I don't think they could. Yeah, I, I don't think they could have done much more than than they did. Adding to that, they are the best sellers of players you've ever seen in your life. They get. <laughs> <laughs> the money they get for players they who I've never heard of from their academy is just insane. Five million for victimizers—that's enough. <laughs> so yeah, so I think I think pretty much pretty much a perf almost a perfect window from Chelsea. And um, for me, right now, just looking at at squad depth, at, at at what they've got on paper, combine that with with a manager that they brought in. Um, uh, for, for, for me, that's the title favourites. I, I can't see a glaring deficiency in their squad. Cyrus, he gave you all the flowers you need. Yeah. Anything else to add? Look, it's, it's an interesting one because as much as I completely agree with Wahid and his assessment, I also feel as if one of the things Chelsea does have here is an issue with if there is a problem with Lukaku, 
we're back to last season's Chelsea that Werner's playing down the middle or Havertz becomes the false nine. And then, you know, we're back to those those question marks. But I think that nobody ever, well, let's, let's put it this way. Some people don't necessarily say for a rainy day, they spend everything on one night. So, you know, that's kind of the, the plan here. But I do think though, and this is one of the more interesting things, Chelsea have been beaten with the lone army um, stick for quite some time. And perhaps it's one of those, you know, much like almost in an NBA sense, you stack up all these draft picks because at some point you're going to cash them in. And in this particular instance, you look at the Lukaku transfer and they've basically paid that money back in, in outgoing sales, which is it's fantastic business, considering that some of those outgoing sales are from academy players who weren't going to get into the first team. And they're so highly rated that they actually managed to get, a, you know, a fair bit of, of, of dosh out of them. I do think, and this, I'll touch on this when uh, when we get to West Ham, but one of the biggest pieces of business is the sale of, of Kurt Zuma, because I've, I've been a really big fan of his for quite some time. And they managed to get a tidy amount of money for him as well. Um, so I, I think, by and large, I agree with Wahid. I think Chelsea have done some fantastic business. I do think, though, they have, the, the real question marks about N'Golo Kante's long-term fitness, and that's going to be one of the major things. And at this point, since we've done the top four, I think it's a good point to kind of segment the show. But want to just say thank you to Jean Emile for joining us um, on on this uh, part of uh, on on this podcast. And yeah, we'll, we'll we'll call you whenever Liverpool does something <laughs> amazing or horrifically bad, like my team that's at the bottom of the log. Uh, but thanks for joining us, man. All the best. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Chris. Sure. Thanks. And that is the end of our first show. Do catch the second portion of it, uh, which will be the other four teams that matter out of the eight. So we'll be we'll we'll do that and we'll air it uh, the following day after airing this one. So thank you very much to everyone. Les sale.